0: Hey there, welcome to Dirt Rich, seasonal conversations on food and farming. I'm Katie Federal, the communications director for the Sustainable Farming Association. And back on episode 19, we heard from Angie Walter on her farm story and about the dairy grazing apprenticeship, which she coordinates for regionally between DGA and the Sustainable Farming Association. Angie and her husband, Nate, are also master grazers in the DGA program. So today they and their first apprentice, Ryan Heinen, are going to talk about what they learned through the program, giving you a bit more insight on what it's like to go through it as both a master and as an apprentice. The Walters are the third generation on their certified organic dairy farm in central Minnesota and Ryan now manages the dairy with his family in Waukesha, Wisconsin. Let's get right to it! Uh, Nate, let's start with you. Uh, if you could give us a little intro about yourself and your farm story. I know you've got some family history, so maybe you can tell us about uh, about that and how you got to where you are today.
1: Uh, yeah, my grandparents moved to this farm in 1935, and um, my dad took over in 1975, and he started rotationally grazing in the mid-80s, and we've been rotationally grazing ever since, and me and Angie took over in uh, 2002 and became certified organic in 2013. Uh, we met Bonnie Haugen at the Minnesota Organic Conference, and we had never heard of DGA before. And she explained it, and we thought that there would be a perfect fit for our farm. And I don't know, I guess a uh, a couple of few years later, then we started digging in and looking to join and find an apprentice.
0: And I think our listeners will have heard a little bit about DGA, but maybe, Angie, if you could give us a refresher on what the apprenticeship program is like.
2: Yeah, so DGA is um, the only nationally recognized apprenticeship for farming in the United States. Um, and so it's basically like a network of master grazers and a network of apprentices. And we tr- um, we try to make a connection between master grazers and apprentices um, and then that apprentices uh, find a farm that they want to work on and learn on so they're at the farm for two years and um, they have the hands-on learning on the farm and they have uh, related instruction that's online as well through the managed grazing innovation Center um, we also offer internships and um, There's a veterans program for veterans looking to get into dairy farming. Also, just um, a side note, if a person's not interested in taking on an apprentice, but they're interested in the network, um, we do put on a lot of events like pasture walks and master roundtables and things where uh, masters and apprentices can learn additional information on farming. Oh, that's excellent. I
0: didn't even think about the um, people outside of masters or apprentices could be part of that. That's great. Then Ryan, uh, do you want to tell us how you got connected with DGA and maybe what drew you to dairy farming in the first place too?
3: So I kind of started, I went to school for ecology and conservation and was working in that field and was working in South Dakota managing a a large prairie preserve there and um, just got really interested in grazing. We grazed bison and cattle there. I started to think about how... I mean, I I'd always wanted to grow up on a farm. My dad did on a dairy farm. And um, as time went by, I just thought I'm gonna try to farm. I um, then started a farm with a friend in Minnesota. We were doing grass-fed beef and eggs and vegetables and some small grains and um, trying to direct market all of those products. And that was difficult and just seemed like we weren't going to be able to make enough to support two incomes. So I kind of got more interest in dairy farming because, uh, you know, you get a more steady paycheck, you don't have to direct to market. And um, my main goal was to restore grass and graze. And dairy farming, organic grazing dairy farming seemed like a way to accomplish that goal. And um, so I, I was just kind of searching around the internet one. Uh, night looking for maybe a dairy farm that I could work on to learn. And then I came across DGA's website and read about it and then signed up and eventually talked to Nate and Angie. And it's kind of how I got started.
0: Yeah. Uh, so what was your apprentice experience like overall? You know, how did it help you prepare for the future? Maybe what you found challenging, what you learned?
3: Yeah, I had a really good experience. Nate um, and Angie have a really nice place. And uh, there's a house right on the farm, an extra house. Uh, so me and my family um, lived there, which was really nice to be able to not only learn about organic dairy farming, but also to be able to more try out the lifestyle, I guess. Uh, you know, my family was right there and um, just gave us a better picture of what it would be like to pursue this as a career in the future. I remember the first day we started, I think Nate said, you know, well, You'll learn the how and then after you get the how down then we'll go to the why that we do things and I enjoyed being able to ask questions and throw out ideas um even maybe wild ideas that weren't practical but just to get his opinion on you know why do you do things this way versus uh, you know another way yeah it's been a really good experience and has helped me out here now where I am, and I think will continue to benefit me in the future.
0: And Nate, what was the the master and apprentice experience like for you? What do you find beneficial? And it sounds like you probably had as much opportunity to learn during this experience as Ryan did.
1: Yeah, it was a great experience for us. Um, It does make you as a farmer, um, when people are asking questions and you're Trying to teach somebody, it makes you um, think about what you are doing and maybe is there uh, better ways to do stuff or new things to try. And it's uh, more fun to train somebody in that's really interested in it instead of just, they're just showing up for a job. Um, So it it just made us better. And then the, the networking... You know, we've met some new people and learned some new things through just the other master grazers too. So it's, uh, it was all good. The worst part was, is getting used to doing everything alone again, once your Mm -hmm. apprentice is gone.
2: I'm kind
0: of interested to hear about some of those wild ideas that Ryan said that he threw out. Were there any that, um, any that stuck that you guys tried out and you realized were really great?
1: Uh, The one thing we did is we were going to renovate a pasture, and I was going to plant corn on that for one year and then reseed it down. And Ryan talked me into doing uh, sorghum sedan grass, and we did, and it uh, worked real well. Um, And Angie keeps hounding me to do it again, but I uh, haven't yet, but... I want to get a no-till drill. Uh, We did that um, actually one time before Ryan came and try no-tilling sorghum sedan into pastures. I think uh, that would be interesting to see that more too. And um, otherwise, uh, he knew his uh, plant species really well. So that was interesting to learn more of that which I should have known more but I didn't and then sometimes it'd be a little interesting I'd tell him to go do some fencing and then he he would come up with some interesting (laughs) uh, fencing ideas that I had never seen before uh, (laughs) which I haven't adapted any of those really too much but um, (laughs) it's interesting how it's you can you know what you're envisioning when you tell somebody and they go do it and not exactly the same thing happens. We were usually on the same page most of the time, but that's another thing, too. If you they say to if you can let somebody go do it and think it through themselves that they, um, you know, maybe learn more than if you're just right there holding their hand doing it, then they aren't thinking for themselves.
0: Ryan, I'm also curious more about, um, your, you know, your studies of ecology and, uh, Nate was hitting on that too. How does that show up in your dairy today? And are you still uh, really interested in restoration and what does that look like?
2: Yeah.
3: Um, so it does show up on what I'm doing now. Um, I guess I try to look at farming through ecologist's point of view, I guess, and trying to, do things more in line with how it would happen in nature maybe. Um, so we, we've restored some native prairie and I've grazed that which um, has helped out here now because there's a lot of warm season grasses in it and um, with things so dry and the cool season grasses, is um, you know slow right now it, it's helped me rest some of my cool season pastures and graze some of the warm seasons. Uh, also just trying to calve and more on a, I calve the dairy herd now um, in the spring and the fall, but trying to stick to those times of year that are, you know, not in the middle of winter and allows me to you know farm in a way that is closer to how nature would have, you know, have it done.
0: So then was like the grazing piece, you know, really integral to dairy grazing apprenticeship. Was that really important to you when you were scoping out the program or? Um, did that you know become important to you as time went on
3: yeah the grazing was the most important part of the why i pursued it i just loved grazing and um, restoring grass to the landscape um, and um, i guess i kind of came to the program wanting to i don't know how to say it for sure not not necessarily to be a dairy farmer but to be a grass farmer and Milking cows seem to be the way to profitably make a living um, drawing grass. So dairy farming is more of the tool that I accomplished my goal of grass farming.
0: Nate and Angie, I know grazing is very important to y'all. Has that been the history of your family farm?
1: The cows always were uh, grazed in the past, but not, say, rotationally. And then um, in the mid-80s, started rotationally grazing, but we were always... Uh, herd where they were outside um, kind of as much as possible just my dad always had uh, the mentality of you know it's saving money so if the cows can be outside you know you're not hauling manure you're not and if they're grazing you're not baling the hay and uh, wearing out equipment so that was kind of his mentality is to was to be low cost I guess the one thing we we do a lot better now as we graze the young stock a lot more than my dad ever did. Uh, And then we get the cattle on different fields on the farm. Uh, We kind of had a set acreage that was for the rotational grazing, um, where now our goal is to have cattle on everything, um, not every year, but through our rotation Um, so that helps helps the soil biology and saves on bedding and harvesting and all that
0: absolutely it sounds like this uh this matching of master and apprentice maybe had uh a lot more in common or had a lot in common about the the reasons why you farm and your approach to it i'm also curious that angie and nate i suppose like even just in the past couple years alone, um, I think I see a lot in more public news spaces about the difficulties of being in the dairy industry or we see small dairy farmers um, really struggling. And so I'm wondering how you talk to apprentices or potential apprentices you know, who have concerns about that, about quote-unquote being able to make it in dairy. Yeah, what do those discussions look like?
1: Well, I still think uh, you can be successful um being an organic dairy farmer the a couple of the keys are is being able to get on a organic milk truck because they're not all mm-hmm. necessarily taking more milk and then the other big hurdle is finding the right is, is land access. So finding if you can find a retiring farmer would be a huge break for a person too. Um, But we have quite a few friends that are conventional dairy farmers or ex-conventional dairy farmers, and it's very difficult for conventional because their prices move around uh, just too much. And conventional farming, they rely on the middleman too much, so they don't have Money left for themselves, it seems like, and they struggle usually.
0: Is your approach mainly to be an example of what a successful farm can look like, or yeah, are you able to quell any fears (laughs) or concerns?
1: We don't sugarcoat anything. Uh, Mm -hmm. We we paid market value for the farm from my dad, and we've bought three other pieces of land since, and we we run a high debt and we opened up our farm business management numbers to Ryan too so he could uh and he sat in on our farm business management meetings the basically the final year or so he was here just cuz it isn't always pretty but you just um got to keep keep forging ahead i guess because um you know it's just one payment at a time is how you got to approach it so
0: yeah so after, you know, the formal apprenticeship has completed, what what's your relationship like today? Do you still chat and touch base, um, compare notes? I know you're a state away now at this point. But.
3: Yeah, we do. Um, not very often, but um, I feel comfortable if I have questions or need some advice or um, I just also like kind of hearing what's going on there and how things are going too, but yeah, um, it's, it's good to have someone like them to, you know, fall back and ask questions. And um, as I kind of move forward on this dairy that I'm managing here, um, it's a new dairy here. Um, so we renovated a old barn and put a parlor in, and I talked to Nate about some questions I had with that because it's a similar parlor to what they have. And, um, but yeah, I think it's a good, Good relationship. I wouldn't mind talking more, but I, I'm not good at picking up the phone and calling very often. So.
0: <laughs> so what advice do y'all have for potential masters or apprentices who are thinking about participating in dairy grazing apprenticeship or maybe who are just starting out in dairy in general?
3: Yeah, from an apprentice point of view, I think it's important to find a farm that is similar to how you think you want to farm. Um So that was one thing I looked at when um talked with Nate and Angie was you know as Nate said he he had to buy the farm and pay full market value and kind of start from from there which is what I would have to do um, they graze a lot which was important to me so looking for that and um I'd always had the idea that I wanted to be on all grass dairy um, but it, it was beneficial to you know not have not have the farm be exactly you know everything the same is how I think I would do it because it it challenged me to think a little bit differently about um, you know how to do things and I've used a lot of that now I, the farm I manage now it's not an all grass dairy either um, it's low grain and we graze a lot but um, so I've used those skills of growing corn and stuff that I didn't think I would do on my own but um, so I, yeah I think just be open to. Some different ideas and ask a lot of questions and yeah well I think if you're
1: somebody in Ryan's shoes that this is a a very good way to get educated and see if you really do like it mm-hmm. um, and the other thing too when you're done with this you can qualify for beginning farmer loan which is a um, would be a big help because maybe not many banks would give you the a loan where they would. And um, I think as the one wish I have is I think it'd be easier to find good candidates if you know if we had a satellite farm and you could uh, do the program, and then you know if you had this extra farm to sell to your apprentice. Um, you know, that would be great. Or even another farm where they could rent it from you and get a herds going over on a different spot. I don't know. Because um, otherwise it's hard to, you know, keep somebody too long because then they're not um, taking the next steps either. I don't know. Because um, you'd you'd hate to see somebody do the program and then not be able to find a farm, I guess is what I fear for some people is that making the next step successful.
2: Right. And I think um joining in the program is good for people just as master grazers because they can get a lot through the networking with other masters and attending events like the roundtables and pasture walks. Um I know that we've gained a lot just in attending pasture walks. You generally walk away with um, some new information that you could use on your farm and you know things might change down the road for people if um, you're in it as a master and you're not looking to hire an apprentice but maybe five ten years down the road you're looking to retire and you don't have any children that want to take over but you'd like to see your legacy continue uh, that's where the apprenticeship comes in and can be a good option too to transfer farm ownership. Um, obviously we weren't in that position cause we're still young enough, but had we been older and none of our kids wanted a farm, we definitely would have thought about, you know, selling the farm to our apprentice. So it's a good option for that also.
0: Oh, that's great. I think that was a misconception I had about the program where you had to be actively, you know, looking for an apprenticeship to join as a master, but that sounds like that's not the
2: case. Nope, definitely not. I guess I wanted to add, I thought the
3: dairy grazing apprenticeship network was really important as well. I kind of forgot about that, but um, so the farm I'm on now, I'm about seven hours away from Nate Angie's there. But as soon as I got here, I was connected with the the education coordinator in this area for DGA and met with him. And I've toured a number of different um, grazing farms through, through that connection around this area. Um, so even though I'm a lot farther away, um, there's still DGA people over here that I can, um, you know, turn to for advice and get help if I need it. That's something I hadn't even thought about when I started the program, but it really connects you into a, a larger network of people.
0: Yeah, that's great. Remind everyone that this is a national program. I know we have listeners outside of Minnesota and mm-hmm. they don't have to be here to participate. Yep. Well, Angie, how can folks get in touch with you uh, for more information about Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship?
2: Yeah, so people can contact me either by phone or email. My telephone is 320-815-9293, and my email is all lowercase angie, A-N-G-I-E, at sfa-mn.org
0: great and i'll put those in the show notes for folks too and uh yeah if you're interested in learning more we did have angie on on episode 19 which i think digs a bit into um, the nuts and bolts of the program and talks more about her um, farm story and how she found her way to where she is now too so great well thank you three for joining dirt rich is produced by the sustainable farming association We believe that agriculture done well heals. For more resources or to tap into the Farmer to Farmer Network, visit us at sfa-mn.org.